And we have Shadow Zack, too. What? Shadow Zack. Yeah. Shadow Zack. He was here. Shadow uh, Zack. Shadow Zack. Shadow Zack. Zack's coming with a Zack attack. Oh Watch gosh. your back. What, 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 okay, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> You're be embarrassing whack. me. All of us. I'm not stop. embarrassing you. It's a new cold You're, open. Nah. <laughs> 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 that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, a podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the yodeling hosts I have with me this evening are Troy Sandlin and John Christian. Yodel hey! Yodel ho. <laughs> See, oh ho! <laughs> that's all you Round get out of it. applause for John, yeah. I will, I will admit that actually over the course of the last week, I was like... Should I, like, <laughs> should I or should I not? Nope, sticking to my guns. best that they're going to get out of me is is that, so. Hmm. Well, well my, mine was a reference to uh, Roddy Dangerfield. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, how are, how are we feeling tonight, fellas? Are we ready to uh, chat about some news? we got a ton of news. I'm excited I mean, now got, because John Yoder. chalked full enough. <laughs> the energy it levels. Changed, it turned my whole day around. Yeah. And, right. uh, there was a, you know, uh, the the world shines a little bit brighter. It does uh, on on a good. Than on it a did good five yodel. minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I I am guys, recall already. It didn't. Uh, you guys were in a low place today, weren't you? Well, <laughs> you know. I think. Uh, a quick yodel. My therapist was off. I think Dickens mm. said that in one of his. I novels, think so. Actually. Yeah. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> and it was, it was made better with the yodel. It was made better with the yodel. I, I firmly believe that. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to kick John out, I think, right? Uh, after our news. Yeah, and we're going to have yeah, our... Yeah, we're going to booty. So, so in, he, uh, he uh, yodeled so that he might exit later and uh, leave the floor to Troy and I mm. for our news. We got a good news article, a uh, good topic section, I should say. Um, and uh, Troy... I think we I think we held our own pretty decently this time around. I think we did too. Yeah, you guys, it didn't sound like you derailed too much. No, I was, I no, was pretty no. proud. I, yeah, I was good. Topic. yeah, yeah. We're gonna be talking. Um, that's Van Richten's guide part two. Um, so you're gonna get some good talk there. And I think we had a mixed bag that we brought to the table that we're bringing to the table. Um, uh, with that with that segment, so uh, you'll you'll find some good tidbits in there. I think. Uh, but before we get into that, we always do our dessert first here on Bite Size Gaming. And so we're going to talk about news. Um, we have, oh my goodness, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And a mystery six. one. And a mystery. Uh, so we have seven because mm-hmm. I have a mystery one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a mystery oh, one. Okay. Oh, look at that. You want to say the mystery one for last? No, actually, because it's not that, you know, it, it, I I don't want to, you know, get people too riled up. Um Throwing back to something that we that I talked about last week, mm. ledges, the the thing that oh, goes yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I talked to the to the gentleman that was that was doing that. Mm-hmm. Really? And, yeah, and he listened to the podcast. <gasps> did Did you apologize to him? No, I didn't. I I told him that we talked about the about his thing, and I said that we all liked it. I said, you know, but. Uh, uh, just so that you know, we, we are we try to be honest here most of the time. Most of the time. 
And uh, he's like, you know, that has been a common complaint was the price point. Mm-hmm. So they stopped the uh, the Kickstarter campaign. Wow. And then cut a deal with a new manufacturer. Boom. That's it. And the price points. Let me let me just look here real quick. Again, they're almost they are almost funded. It went back live today. Oh, they did. Okay, cool. For a pledge, of, the pledge goal is one thousand. They are already at seven hundred dollars. Uh, they might be at seven hundred and whatever a pledge amount is here. In I, th- I think they will be because. What do you got uh, for me? The STL files are now twelve dollars for all six files. Oh, right on. And now, uh, for twenty dollars, you get a starter set of ledges, which is three ledges. Okay, it's better. That's a lot better. It's a lot better. Yeah, so it was twenty six for two before, right? Yeah, something, uh, like something like that. Yeah, but yeah, you get one the one medium flat ledge and two large uh, sixty millimeter flat ledges for the uh, for the twenty, and then thirty two. For for thirty two dollars, you get five. For seventy, you get a whole crap ton. You get uh, two mediums, uh, four large, an extra large, uh, the the dry erase pencil holder, and then just a whole table at the ledge. Yeah, yeah. It's just a giant. This is ledge. the Murica bundle. You got the you got the ledge that you can't even you know it's so much stuff. There's just no screen. It's just ledges. Yeah. Right. yeah, the ledge that you cook other ledges <laughs> on. Yeah, the, the, the ledge of ledges. Yeah, it's the league of ledges. Well, I will say first off, thank you for bringing this to our uh, bringing uh, that update that's because awesome, actually, yeah, kudos. That's really great. Um, I'm really glad that we got to do a follow up on that. And also, I think this is a great case in point. Sometimes we talk about kickstarters that are going to fail, right? And we mm. like them, but they're not they're not on a good track record. This is a perfect case in point, a perfect learning experience for any other creators out there who are listening to sometimes it's not the end of the world. If you see, if you see that there's not going to be a light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. to hit that stop button, reevaluate, figure it out, come back with a, with a, with a different pitch and you can be successful very quickly. It's not the end of things. If you fail the first time. Yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes you're only delaying the inevitable. You've already got people that are, that have gravitated towards it. You can communicate to them prior to it in comments, and uh, uh, and then so whenever you kind of reassess, uh, you come back to the table again. Then they can get excited about the changes that are coming too, right? Exactly. Especially so a lot of times they're going to be improvements. And, too, yeah, so. and uh, I haven't I haven't talked to him much since it relaunched. Um, I'm guessing they're going to have a merchant agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for stores and stuff, that, you know, to send mm-hmm. the product. The only thing that I am disappointed about with ledges, and I'm still disappointed about it with ledges, mm-hmm. is they don't have a merchant license for me to purchase, so that I oh, can print these out myself and mm, sell them. Call. Gotcha. But I mean, it's that's, it's their thing. They want to they they want to they want to have control. So yeah, they yeah. want to have control. Yeah, they want that. they want to make sure that the the products are good. Uh, yep. the, they got, like I said, they got the new manufacturer that's gonna that's gonna pump these suckers out for them, um, mm-hmm. high quality, and, and I totally get it because you know yep. it's their name, it's their product. If if I do crap work, they don't want they don't you know they don't want that to look bad on them. So, so I totally so agree. question. I totally get so it. So I don't know how much they've told you, and right if they went back to the merchant, I wonder 
Or is it still going to be 3D printed? Or did they go through like some kind of an acrylic that I'm not manufacturing sure. or something um, like that? I, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to reach out. Oh, gotcha. and, and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, but I did go ahead and pledge. I think I think I was actually the first person to pledge. Aww. Nice. Look That's at cool. you. Well, but, uh, I will be number, hang on, let's see, uh, Benito Garcia. I will be yeah. number 17 shortly. Nice. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 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 excited that this is going to be a thing. And again, like I said, I don't do I don't have a game master screen. Hmm. But hater, I might uh, I might find something that I can hang my ledges on. Listen, okay. I will say this about the game master screen: I have yet to find a game master screen that is 100. percent right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think the even the stuff that is official content and the the custom content that people have put out outside of it, it I use maybe like. 50 percent 40 to 50 percent of what's actually the content that's on that gm screen so. we should we should make the bite-sized gaming game master screen oh, okay boy, oh boy. if there's all right some point you know if we all become rich and famous hmm. we're gonna make the ultimate gm screen mm. Oodalali. yeah uh, it's, it's going to be you know 17 panels wide. <laughs> it's, you, you're going to unfold it lengthwise, and then you're going to fold it up, and up, it has a yeah. little kickstands. And, and it's got like a little a little window that you can pop for. I, like, I demand hydraulics. Reach out, reach out, move your minis, and close the door back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcome, Joe, by the way, and Thomas. Uh, we got a lot of people popping around in, uh, in awesome. our live chat tonight. Um, if you're listening, uh, you know that this should be you um, in the live chat instead of on the podcast. Uh, that's where the true fans lie. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Oh. That's not oh. that's not true. I regretted that as soon as I said it. But um, you know what? I'll I stand by. It. As soon as I said uh, it, I'm going to stand pl- by. Please, it. please send your complaints to my DM sucked at gmail dot com. Yeah. Right. Uh, how about I change the subject? Um, Good call. Probably. I uh, got some kickstarters in, and I'm going to talk about one of them today. Um, how about short sword? Yeah, I I, uh, I peeked at this. Tell me about it. I'm, is, I'm the, is it a hardback? Or is it, it is. A, it's no, a it is a zine. It's okay, a zine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in fact, it is a true zine. It is. Oh man, I didn't even count. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pages, maybe. Wow. And they are. It's large font, lots of white space, right? Like this is not a dense book. Um, I think I paid five dollars for this. I could not tell you exactly. Um, I will post a link here in the show notes uh, and into chat so that you can see that for yourself. Um, but short sword is kind of cool. Um, it is a case study in what are really the bare minimums needed to have an RPG, a TTRPG. Um, it's a D6 system. Um, it has a little little ingenious way of uh, rolling skill checks and keeping track of hit points. Um, it's so simple, right? It's so simple, um, but I like it. I really like it, and I could see myself playing this. I think this is like the sort of RPG that you would maybe put in your backpack or in your glove box or you know, maybe even if they had an even smaller size of it in your back pocket. And you just always have on hand. And if you find yourself in a place where you just want to play a game and you didn't think to bring all your D&D stuff mm-hmm. um, or whatnot, like, I think this would be really fun for that. Um, so I'm going to recommend it. Even though it's really bare bones, you're probably paying for, I'm going to say, 
I, I have no idea, but maybe 1,500 words. It's not a lot of writing. I feel like there was a lot of time spent kind of figuring out how a simple system could work, and I think that it's a good job. So, yeah, short sword. Awesome. I couldn't even pronounce the person who wrote it. Uh, his last name is Ravarato, but you can find it on spearwitch.com. Yeah, Giuliano? Giuliano yeah. Ravarato? Yeah, that's probably what it, it is. It looks pretty yep. cool. looks pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's uh, that's my first one. Um, you know what? We'll get ahead and get the worst one out of the way here. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, let's... So... Let me see if I can tell the story in a, in a more meaningful way. Um, a few months ago, around the turn of the year, um, Andrew, um, I, I, I don't know if he's a friend of the show in a certain way, but he is uh, a friend of ours. Um, Andrew Brzezinski uh, came to me, a friend that we know from uh, con- the convention scene, and said he had a project and wanted to know if I wanted to help him make it. And... Uh, when he showed me what he had, it was a kind of like our Rare Dragons book that we did a while back, or Oceanic Depths, only this one focuses on assassins and how to drop them into your game. Um, I read it. I liked it. Um, the concept, the outline, what he had put together already. We assembled a team of writers, and we have now made this thing a reality. Um, it's live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's called just simply Den of Assassins. It's 12, okay, we complain a lot, not complain, we talk a lot about the party who just wants to fight things, the players who just want to fight things, the murder hobo or the whatnot on our show. Um, this is, this could be your answer to that, um, because we're showcasing how to put together uh, groups of assassins that can go after your party. We have a bunch of NPCs that are assassins that you can throw at different CR levels. Um, but then we decided, you know what, it's also for players. So we made 12 new subclasses that are assassination themed for players to play as well. And it's all got this. Andrew writes with like this dark humor undertone. Um, so it's not just badass gore. Yeah, violence. Woohoo! It's like it's all a little bit tongue in cheek. Kind of like that whole badass gore violence thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> if if I had the tagline, could be that, and that would be a perfect tagline for it. Um, he does a great job of conveying that theme. I think that it's a really fun product, um, and we put together a great team of writers, including Graham Ward, um, Jenny Loveday. Um, uh, Alan Tucker, um, just I, a, a great crew, and they've put together some amazing NPCs and things, and not just NPCs, there's magic items and blah, 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 blah tables and all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I, I probably rattled on too much about it, but I'm really excited about it. I think, I think it was a great idea, and I'm really proud of what came of it, so... It looks well, congratulations good. so far. Looks like you guys got yeah. Uh, you hit goal really really quickly. By the way, I love the stamp that you put on it, four hundred percent funded and slaying it. Wink. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. funded in in uh, in the first day. Yep. 
In how many hours? Do you know? Uh, we funded in an hour, um, and we have uh, we have all, we will probably hit our um, well, we will hit our five hundred percent funded in the first forty eight hours. So, yeah, That's awesome. And feels good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so anyhow, that'll be running for the next twenty eight days. We'll probably mention it and other recordings, but um, you should go check out End of Assassins on Kickstarter. Yeah, looks mm. good. It does it looks good? Your the artwork's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was my two pieces. Troy, let's just walk down the list tonight. Uh, what do you got for us? All right. My my other two, my official two, uh, are uh, connected. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about uh, some of the information that's been dropped uh, from Watsi. Strixhaven, the Curriculum of Chaos, mm-hmm. is coming out in November. Um I'm kind of I'm jazzed about this one. I kind of I like this idea. It is a is a it's a wizard's college. Mm-hmm. Um, five different schools in in this in this wizard's college. From uh, I think it's like the newest Magic the Gathering setting, if I Who remember knows? correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I mean, other than that, I I mean, don't know a whole lot more about it than than just that. There's more information coming out. From wizards uh, throughout the week, I believe the art looks this cool. This is the week of legends. Is that what they're calling the it? The week of legends. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's 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 all about being in a wizard school, so you can kind of you know Harry Potter it up a little bit if you want. I, I think like... this is one where I think this is one. Sorry, I think this is one. Uh, you know, you, I poo pooed this before the show, but I've been thinking about this in the last thirty minutes, and I actually might pick this up. I may look at somebody else's copy first. But if they make it accessible enough, or at least kind of give you an idea, like you get the book and you don't have to use it soup to nuts. You just look at it and say, oh, this is how, if I were to do a wizard school, these are the things that I could use that are in it and kind of use it as a way of cobbling together your own thing. Yeah, I could, uh-huh. I could see that as a, as a good resource. I, I yeah. agree. And, and, and to me, if, if you're not a fan or even a downright hater, like mm-hmm. some people we might know, of the Magic the Gathering uh, hardbacks that Wizards has mm-hmm. put out, fine. There's still mm-hmm. cool ideas in there. Any yeah. DM worth their salt knows you steal what you can. Mm-hmm. And that's what those, you know, Ravnica and Theros are full of just really cool ideas. You snag a character class, you snag a new monster that your players have never seen before, throw it in your campaign and make them go, what the hell is that? And I mean, and there you go. So, and, and that's, I'm not, I, I don't play magic. I, I tried when I was younger, when it first came out, it just wasn't my thing. I, I, I wanted to role play being a planeswalker is what I wanted to do, mm. but that's not how the game worked. So, mm. so I like the idea of these, of these, uh, setting books coming out, doing the crossover mm-hmm. I mean, between D and D. So, I mean, you could be a, we could all be grumpy about it and say why did our favorite setting not come out but i I see exactly why this is smart it's smart for wizards of the coast to take Mm -hmm. pre-existing a pre-existing fan base that is they're parallel to one another young and And it's young yeah Mm -hmm. well yeah that's true too right how much money are you spending on booster packs for for magic the gathering these days and Uh, okay so so before I, I, I go to the second one, second news article, that mm-hmm. kind of brings up a good point. You know, people complain about, well, I want my Dark Sun. I want my Greyhawk. I want my, mm-hmm. you know, 
Mistara, whatever. The growing fan base that D&D has right now has no idea about mm-hmm. those old settings. They don't give two golden shits about those old settings. Mm-hmm. What they might be into is these magic settings or something brand new no. coming out. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing chat here. Oh. Um, uh, from Thomas is asking, talking about, I hope there's more than just a setting. Did I read somewhere? It's a, this is a, not a setting. This is a campaign book, right? It, it does contain a new setting, but it is a campaign book. I, th- I think so. I think, I, I think there's something to it. I think there's an adventure path here. Um, and I hope I that I'm not I think it's I'm good for just... it to have an adventure path, at, at least somewhere in there. If you go back to the if nothing else, Guide to Ravenloft. Yeah, if right? nothing else, something like yeah. House of Lament. Yes, that, that 100%. can get you started. Mm-hmm. Yes, like smart. That really cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, Thomas is confirming that's what Amazon listed. All right, cool. um, I, 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 if this doesn't have an adventure in it in any way, shape, or form, it's a mistake. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Yeah, uh, it it does need. I think it does need an adventure behind it. Because we've talked me, about that. Even if yeah. it's even if it doesn't have to have the adventure in the book, there needs to be advent, an adventure somewhere, like an, an a PDF DM's form, guild, something, DM's, something like that, right? Yeah, something to help you springboard into the setting that yep. they're selling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, it, to me that's that was the issue with uh, Ravnica and mm-hmm. Theros. Great ideas, awesome stuff, but I have no connection to the magic settings. I don't know what kind of stuff happens. I mean, yeah, I can make it up and whatever else. But if I want that full-on flavor of the setting itself, give me a jumping-off point. Give me, yeah. give me a few adventures that I can I can take and put my players in without telling them it's a magic setting, and you know. Let's let's have an adventure and give me some of the flavors so that I, I can kind of glom on to what I'm supposed to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see and Thomas they, is saying, in, yeah, Thomas is saying in chat that he has a ton of magic players in his store buying the magic book. So that's obviously why they're selling, right? Yeah. Like they do sell, absolutely. Um, so bare minimum, it's yeah. more for those people. I'm I'm going to guess because Thomas said, but most of them didn't stick around for the long haul. I'm going to guess. That part of that is because where was the AL season for Ravnica? Where was well, the AL yeah. season? Where was the I support mean, for the setting? Right? Yeah, where yeah. was the support? Because if you if you got a new player that comes in and buys the Ravnica book but has never played D anD D before, yeah. where do they go from there? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's neat. Yeah, yeah. look it's at all like, this. Oh, neat cool! Stuff. I got this. I have yeah. this book. Now, what do I do with it? Nothing. You make because... your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. You have to. I mean, and right? and yeah. they, you've seen like how many. How many micro adventures are out there, level one through three or whatever, on DMs Guild that are actually from guild adepts or that are part of like a Jasper's Game Day or Red Nose Day or something like that that's offered up like that? I mean, you're talking about a pretty small financial footprint, I would assume, for somebody to put together just like a four hour or an eight hour well, two parter, right? Ginny has her uh, Theros adventure that she yes. does for, for virtual game yeah. days. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that it's on. I'm sure uh, DM's I'm Guild. Sure if not right now, it mm-hmm. probably will be. But uh, yeah, I, just, I think it's. I feel like it's a missed opportunity when they don't yeah. do that. And, I and, would understand why they wouldn't want to put the an, like an adventure in there every single time because not everybody's going to want the adventure. It's going to feel like it's like 
it's misplaced. I understand why we think that it's a it's a good idea, but if there's an adventure in there and there's a lot of player content and DM kind of like creative content, but at the very least, do the same thing that they did with which Wild one Mount. was it? Uh, uh, no, no, I'm think well maybe with Waldnot. I'm thinking Wild more Mount along with several. Princess of the Apocalypse, where they had the elemental ca- campaign. Like they had like oh, a side guide that came with it, the supplemental guide mm-hmm. that came with it. I don't think you have to go to that level, that ex- that length, with art and all that good stuff. You could probably we're talking like a twenty page, yeah, extension of the book. You know, yeah, yeah. Troy, the, the, you kind of kind of diving into that player side of things. Your second news article, yeah, second news article, is the uh, the Unearth Arcana that was released today, Mages of Strixhaven. Yeah. They're getting into something new, and I'm kind of digging it. Uh, I'm not sold yet on on how these subclasses are right Mm -hmm. now. I want to see some tweaks. Um, But these subclasses are not connected to an actual base class. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Are you... Really? Really, you like uh, for let's, let's, the first one, Mage of the of Lorehold. You can be a bard, a warlock, or a wizard, and take this subclass. And whenever you would normally get a subclass feature, instead of getting, it. you replace it with Mage of Lorehold feature, and you just have to be uh, of the of the proper level, level above or above. So these are prestige classes. No, they're that's fl- what they that feel, that sounds an awful no, lot because like you, I'm not maybe because it is. you're not you're not picking another subclass. Mm-hmm. This is your subclass. Well, it's, a, it's, it's a not. Floating, it, ha- it's a floating it doesn't have subclass. to be your subclass. It doesn't it, have to be. It doesn't have to be. But if you want this stuff, you have to say, "I'm a mage, and I'm going to be, or I'm a warlock, or I'm a I'm a bard." And I want to be a mage of Lorehold. I want to go to that college, that wizard college. Okay, so that becomes your subclass, and then you get to hmm. pick the the abilities as as you're able to add subclass abilities per your class. You can choose the abilities that you add. I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's that isn't that still a isn't that still a prestige class? Though? Well, it, it, because it's it, taking up it's taking up a level slot, right? It would be if. If you went ahead and picked Bard College of Swords and then added Mage of Lorehold on top of it. I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay. You, you are a Bard of the College of Lorehold. Mm-hmm. That is, it, this becomes your subclass. I'm with you. And it's, just a, it's just a floating subclass. Troy, you'll know better than I. Joe is saying that these theme, themes maybe came out of 4E. Dark Sun mm-hmm. had similar ideas. Ooh. Uh, did they really? Because I don't remember the the. This is themes. okay. Wherever this is this a great idea. Okay, yeah, wherever it's a great ahead, idea. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, say it, same thing. Yeah, this is this is them trying something new for five E. And I like yep. it, and it's interesting. Yep. They're putting it in a product that's a side product. It's not mm-hmm. part of their AL framework. It's not part of their core books. So it's a good place to try something. I, I did not. I this is the first time I'm seeing this UA article when you brought it to us right now. So I have not read any of this, but I can already tell you that I am super interested in where this goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it really opens up. Like 
even just for third-party creators like if this is proven oh, to work yeah. even if the D itself even if wizards doesn't want to take this any further other people can carry that torch if this if this can work oh so. yeah i mean and it doesn't have to be you know for magic based characters you have you can mm -hmm. have these and that is the one thing when i said that i'm a little uh, on how it's being presented right now one there's none of these floating subclasses that can apply to a cleric and there's none that can apply to the martial classes. Mm -hmm. And to me, if if you're going to have a wizard college book and run a wizard college based campaign, you 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 maybe want to have a few things that you can offer your you know your melee or ranged combat. Well. The, it's, it is a little smart, though, though, because they're, what they're trying to do is, uh, at least I would guess, is that they're trying to make it manageable out the gate, right? These are all spell class, spell cast. I mean, it's druids, it's warlocks, it's sorcerers, it's wizards, mm -hmm. it's bards. It's classes that are already steeped in magic and spell casting. So they know what sort of things could work for those classes. Um, if you start to mix in other things and there's no reason that you couldn't take five levels of barbarian that is and true. then take two levels of wizard and then dip into this for the subclass for wizard and then you're good to go right true true i think it's i think it's smart i'm, I'm with you zach that this is it's experimentation i want to and we're what are we now seven years into 5e i would rather see this than see another edition if they want to do experimentation yes. like this and they want to kind of like branch out, be flexible, take some risks, you could, try some stuff. You could this live is... in this for a long time. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't – well, we'll see how it pans out because I'm with you, Zach. I need to do more reading into it before I kind of give it my final stamp of approval on it. But as long as it doesn't break the game and it remains balanced and now it's just – it's additional layers of lore and flexibility and – customization that a person can really use to like this is my my character is this now granted we yeah. you may end up getting lost in the weeds like you did in fourth edition to where good god you have to have D, &D beyond or some other kind of mechanism to create a freaking mm -hmm. character at that point but uh, I, I like the i like the what were we just praising ill rigor for right taking some chances and being very different and still being yeah. 5e still and, feeling yeah. like 5e too. and what were we slamming von richten's guide last week for not taking any risks. Not taking yeah. any mm -hmm. risks. Just doubling down on the same old, same old. Right. Yeah. And this is now they're now they're doing which now it makes me want to slam on you know Venrickens even more because like look what they're doing for this. Why didn't you do that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Pop this exactly. stuff out a little bit earlier and, and get some. But yeah, I, I'm digging everything in its own time. It's probably a whole different creative crew on this too, right? Like probably. I'm looking at who wrote these. It's Mackenzie Darmus, Dan Dill, and Jeremy Crawford. So it's. Well, Dan Dillon, Dan Dillon has his fingers in everything, so, you yeah. know, yeah. he's awesome. Well, this is a good one. All right, so I don't know how much further we need to go into this, but two thumbs up, you should go get this Unearthed Arcana and read it and get inspired, bare minimum. Yeah, mm -hmm. and make sure, make sure you take the uh, survey when, whenever it comes out and let them know what you think about it and what yeah. you think should change and what shouldn't and stuff like that, so... Yeah. Right. Well, we should keep moving because we've got a big one to talk about at the end. We do. Um, so, John, take us take us out, take us home with the last two. You got it. So, really interesting this one. Uh, I used to play Marvel, the RPG. Whenever that was one of the safe games that I could play in high school. Mm. One of the games that wasn't wasn't the devil. Uh, 
Uh, and so uh, I'm not a big Marvel guy. I'm DC. Sorry for for all my DC haters out there, but love DC. But I I like the way that they're going with this. The, Marvel is launching the official Marvel multiverse tabletop role playing game in 2022. And they say launching, but they're not produce. They're not producing a product yet. They essentially what they're doing is in spring of next year they're going to repl- uh, uh, release a playtest handbook or rule book, and they'll they'll go through iterations of playtesting, and then it will actually be published in twenty twenty three. Um, I think it's smart. They're kind of it's- taking the sandwiches of the coast route of you know doing a slow burn, making sure that they're getting lots and lots of feedback. Um, there's some really, really smart people that are tied to this people in the industry that I, I respect both, uh, when it comes to comic lore and with game mechanics. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. And so the, what's supposed to come out is as part of the playtest rulebook. it's supposed to include, uh, the mechanics that you'll need as in addition to full profiles for fans to not only play their own custom superhero, but they can play a canned Existing superheroes: Spider Man, Black Panther, Captain America, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right on. This is uh, um. Yeah, go ahead. This is uh, going to be a playtest in the same way that Pathfinder Two E was a playtest, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In that, like, it says they're going to publish the playtest, and it's going to be available at your comic shops, right? Which means yes. game stores too, right? Yeah. So it's going to be you go buy the book that feels like a a a, a, a product with that with the rough edges still mm-hmm. on it right yeah um and it the weird okay weird thing that i see is an all new d616 system yeah i don't want to see that die you know what well you know what i think if i remember correctly d616 i think it's earth 616 well yeah we're yeah, this yeah. Is we, supposed, are, that's we, supposed are, we are we are we are 616 yeah yeah the, yeah, yeah. the main world yeah. yeah so that's where i'm sure that's where still, that came from that's a, that's a big die that's a and lot and there's Six abilities uh, that they're talking about here: might, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic. Right. So cool. Which those uh, make sense, right? I, oh, yeah. I was oh, yeah. one of those, my favorite things to do. Yeah. God, as a kid, whenever one of the things that Marvel did a fantastic job of was they would come out with the the character cards mm-hmm. that you could collect, and on the back it would show all the power ratings of the different superheroes. And oh my god, that was. I used to, that juiced me up as a kid. I know it's like, I'd, I'd look at Hulk and I'd look at Thor to see how close their strength was or their resilience or things like that. So that kind of, like, mm-hmm. it harkens back to me like that. It kind of, it's good stuff. So yeah, yeah, so that's that was my first one. Um, I mean, there's really not a whole lot more to talk about outside yeah. of that with it. Well, it's coming. Yeah. yeah, I'll be wait, wait and see. Yeah. I, I, I will note, I think it's odd that you have a billion characters. And if this is going to be their cover, which it's an awesome cover, they have two versions of Spider-Man on the cover. Well, <laughs> there's, well there's one is like Miles a, Morales and one is I kn- Peter. I understand, right? but you've only got like 12 characters on this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's not like you have an overabundance, but they, they, they decided that, that it, they needed to have both of those, which, sure, it, it's not a big deal. I just thought it was inter- – I would have been happy with just Miles, honestly, but um, good. For, it's interesting that they decided both. They're doubling down on that and – that's cool. I'm I'm a little bummed that Captain America is just kind of like standing there going, "Hey, yeah. yo, yo." Yeah. It's like, give me some action. <laughs> uh, what what are we gonna round out on? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. Or the uh, the giant f- fairy bear in the room, or the fa- fa- 
the, the fake kitty in cat? the room? The I don't fa- know. Yeah. The fake bear? Fake bear? Fake bear? Fake cat? Right. Uh, hey, uh, ladies and germs, while, uh, the Wild Beyond the Witch Mount, or Witch Light, God help me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wild Beyond the Witch Light. Take two. Okay, uh, Wild Beyond the Witch Light uh, is coming out. That's the the big the big news this week that started with just a trickle out of Amazon and then turned into a veritable deluge of information yeah. as a part of I don't know what it was like like coll- like collateral damage control or I don't know what it was or if it was all planned in the first place because suddenly it's the week of legends and we're talking about all this stuff uh, whatever anyway so uh, Witch Light well, I will refer to it for ease. Uh, levels one through eight campaign. Uh, these are the things that we know, right? And this, a lot of this stuff has been uh, most or all of this stuff has already been pu- published elsewhere. But um, it is levels one through eight. Uh, it is Feywild centric uh, in the Feywild domain of delight called Prismere, uh, which is interesting. Which it sounds like an opposite to domain of dread, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Like the, it's the mirror image of, of Ravenloft. Like here's all your grim and grim dark over here. <clears throat> now here's all the the yep. gossamer, dainty, dancy lights type yes. stuff, right? Uh, it, it will re- uh, feature a new hourglass coven is the, as the new big bad or the enemies or I don't know. Uh, and then hmm. yeah, you do. the, yeah, you, uh, do. you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but the, essentially the blurb about it that was on the back was once every eight years, the fantastic witch light carnival touches down on your world, bringing joy to one settlement after the next its owners, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light know how to put on a good show, but there's more to this magical extravaganza than meets the eye. The carnival is a gateway to the fantastic Feywild domain. Unlike anything that you found in the prime material time has not been kind to this realm, however, and the dark and the dark days lie ahead unless someone can thwart the dastardly schemes of the hourglass coven. The wild beyond the witch light takes adventures from the witch light carnival to Prismere. Uh, and this book comes with a poster map and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, cool. Feywild's getting some love. Feywild's getting some love finally. Yep. It only took seven years. Only seven. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, of hints and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of saw well, this with the, 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 the UA stuff that's come out recently. So nobody was shocked that it was going to end up being Feywild. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the, co- the cover art for these. The cover art is really cool. I dig the, it. For the regular one, right? The, regu- the basic or like the... The regular the, cover. The basic one is great. I don't know what they co- basic one is great. I really, really like it. Very... It's a really good atmospheric it's carnival. vibe. It's, it very, it it's like very a, carnival, but it's like a dark. You can kind of see there's like something underneath the yep the cover it's, about it's it. Right, perfect. I think the cover is perfect. Yep, it uh, it reminds me of something wicked. This way comes. Yeah, for those that may or may not have seen that movie. If you have not seen that movie, I suggest that you watch it before this comes out because I have a feeling there's going to be mm-hmm. a good synchronous it also, vibe. It also reminds me of is it called Carnival the Netflix. Carnival, uh, Carnival, yeah, or not mm, Netflix, I'm but Amazon it. Prime. Um, it's got Orlando Bloom in it, and I watched the first mm. several episodes of it, and it it kind of looks to that same feel. Yeah. Um, now the alt cover is is I'm still trying to figure out whether I like this alt cover or not. Not yet, but I don't hate it. Uh, for those that we obviously we don't have smell o vision or television for podcasts necessarily, but we do have uh, pod- we do have television for podcasts. It's called a Twitch stream. That is true. Do you like? I can. 
I mean, I could <laughs> sling this thing over on my screen if that's what you're if that's what you're implying, sir. If you wow. uh, unless you want to continue the sass. Um, but I like, yeah. You know what? Screw it. Here we that's, go. I'll see if I can find awesome. it. That's what you get, smarty britches. We there. do have one. All right. So yeah, yeah. So I'll kind of get see if I can get this a little bit bigger. There we go. Uh, no, that's not going to happen because, yep. Here. Disregard. That's not going to happen. I'll just uh, uh, I'll um, open an image in a new tab. I'll just do it and drop it here for chat. Yeah. Here you go, chat. Zach to the rescue. Boom. John Thanks, Bielder. Zach. Man, damn, man. This is like really, I feel personally attacked. Anyway, yeah, so you can, as you can hey, see. at least you're not incontinent. That's true. <laughs> I got it all together. But um bump. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the you can see the, the normal cover art's on the left. The new cover art's on the right. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm just not in love with it. I mean, and I'm kind of trying to figure out whether or not I wanted enough to purchase. If I did purchase, would I just hang on to it to sell for $300 in a year or something? I don't know. I, which I would, I don't know if I'd do that anyway. It's just not, I'm not in love with this new cover art. Or the I don't cover art. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just I mean, seems really it's empty. Cool. It looks like a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It, it the feel of it, I the, I kind of I like the feel a bit because to me at least it feels like an old choose your own adventure book. Some not like the Lone Wolf books or anything like that, but it feels like one of the non D and D choose your own adventure type books. It feels kind of like a mid to early early to mid eighties front cover yeah. art which is fine right but it's i'm not sure that, that that's the vibe they were going for with it i don't know it's kind of like mixed yeah. mixed emotions on it yeah well I, I it may look different when it comes out just as far as textures and and finishes yes. and things like that too so yeah if you, we'll, yeah we'll if you, I, one of the things i did notice is if you look uh really really close you have to zoom in quite a bit there is some either embossing or watermark or something like that that's on it where there are butterflies in that white space. So it might yep. be some kind of a holographic or lustrous yep. embossing or something like that on there, which might make it really cool looking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the, the last bit is that it is releasing on September 21st. So this is a big, big advanced notice. Yeah. On uh, because uh, we didn't say it before, but uh, this is being released in uh, in September. The uh, curriculum of chaos is being released in November. Yeah. Yeah. You so have, you have to wait through the summer. Yeah. So I th- isn't there a July release? I feel like for some reason there was a July release that we're supposed to have, or June or July maybe. I mean, the June one was the the Ravenloft, right? Or was it yeah. May? It just came out not too long. Yeah, <clears throat> because but based on the release schedule that they were plotting mm-hmm. into the year last there's year, nothing. I f- feel like there's an there's another book somewhere that they're not talking well, about. Well, there there is a book coming, and that's mm-hmm. your novel that we talked about coming in July, right? Well, no, because but it's not. Yeah, they recanted right, that. Yeah. Those those the first of the trilogy trilogy for the new Dragonlance trilogy doesn't come out until mm-hmm. next year. And, and I think that they're probably going to end up pushing the setting to next year too. And they said, because what you're thinking about is is when they said that there's going to be three classic settings getting yes. a, an up uh, a facelift yep. this year, and we're only seeing one right now. And then they revised well, that said in a year or two. Mm. Yeah. So and also I think I think we're seeing 
Domain of Dread, and I think Feywild is setting too. Really? No. I was going to guess. But not, the, well, but that's the not a fe- setting. The book, Feywild though, is not right? a classic setting. That's true, but I wonder if mm. they're. Feywild didn't come out. That I was a so. fourth edition edition, wasn't it? Feywild. I think Feywild was talked about in third. Mm. A bit. Was it? I think. I I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about like the, the third edition kind of cosmology design, and it, I don't ever remember mm. seeing Feywild in there. But anyway, mm. so. Yeah. yeah, but I mean yeah. that's like Thomas that's is right. We've also been teased about five books in 2021, so there may be another release that we just don't know about. Yeah, yet. we don't know. Right. I mean, they, they can do whatever they want, but mm-hmm. uh, should should I tell them? I mean, why not? Uh, we got to play test this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I I ran it for my my home group, and uh, I can say that it's very different. Very interesting. It's a mm. role player's dream. It, that's probably had, enough said. I had fun. I'm about to say that's. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it was. It was fun. It was. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to open some doors for people in how they maybe look at running campaigns and and what D and D is or what it could be. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cool. All okay, right. So I'm, I'm looking at my email for the cease and desist le- email. <laughs> nope, not yet. Not yet. It's coming. Yeah, I yeah. will. I will echo those sentiments. It's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I liked what I, I liked. What I I liked it. But now I will leave it at now, that. Yeah. Um. I was going to mention that, uh, and I think I think I think I, we probably should wrap this up. We got almost an hour of news, which is awesome. Um, but we did get a notice of another project product being released uh, this last week, um, and that is the um, Dungeon Master screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, the um, the yeah, uh, dungeon kit. Um, so it's basically some tools to make dungeons. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a, its own little. They're kind of cheaper variant, I think, on the screen. I think, and it's got some cards and some uh, dungeon maps and things. But um, uh, that that was announced as well. Um, I think if I recall, it releases in August. So that's your end of the year or end of the summer offering from then. Mm-hmm. So, all right, fellas. Um, I think that was a lot of news for today. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. Chalked um, full. Chalk? Chalk full. Yeah. Uh, but I think we did a good job getting all all the way through it, and I'm sure we'll have another round for next week. Oh yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and refill our drinks. Kick John out of here. Um, you, you've of done here. enough, sir. You've done Bye. enough. <laughs> I've um, done enough. You, you, yes. You, you, maybe maybe someone say you've done too much. Mm. Too much. Yeah. Probably. I think I think there's somebody else in this podcast that did too much. Uh, this time around, so mm. I can I can hold my water, my friend. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? How about those drinks, Zach? How about those drinks? It's you gents have fun. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> uh, time for the topic.
And we're back. Hello, hello. We've uh, refilled our drinks. I'm not sure if we had John in the first part of this, because it hasn't happened yet, the first part of this episode. Yes. But he's gone now. So one yeah. way or another. The mist's got him. Yeah, exactly. We we stepped into the mist, and when we came out the other side, uh, we were down to two. Down to two. Um, and then there were two. Yes. I, and honestly, I'm not sure how many there were before. There may have been two before. So, Who knows? Um, we're living in a strange... A strange land at this point. That's right. We are strange. We are strange people. Yes. In a strange land. Exactly. And we are here to talk about uh, Van Richten's chapter four and chapter five. Yes. Chapter four and five. So these chapters are um, kind of the grab bag at the end, I think. Um, chapter four is horror adventures, and it kind of, I think, kind of rehashes some of the stuff from character creation at the beginning and then it talks about the taroka deck and spirit board then it talks about a horror toolkit which is a whole bunch another it's like a sub smorgasbord Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then we have our little adventure which i'm going to kind of leave to you to talk about because um you've read and ran the whole thing and um i've played a part of it and then chapter five is our bestiary and we'll probably just talk about overall impressions and if we have some favorite creatures and things like that fair enough um it's a lot of creatures and i don't see the point in going in line by line in that but there's some cool ones in there and i think there are some overall impressions that we might have on yes and there's some interesting things that they're doing with monsters and their stat blocks now uh so let's just go ahead and dive in um let's start off with chapter four first off um uh, this is a grab bag, uh, so yeah. it's going to be hard. I think the House of Lament is kind of its own thing to talk about, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Maybe we should just start with that. Let's just start with House of Lament, because that of kind Lament. of is the oddity here. Okay. Um, you've ran it. I've played in a portion of it. Um, what? How do you feel about this adventure? I really like it. Running it for the virtual weekends, you know, it had to be heavily modified, because it's easily an 8 to 12 hour adventure Mm -hmm. and we only have four hours to run it Mm -hmm. in but the interesting thing about this adventure as opposed to say the adventures i'm gonna i'm gonna reveal some of uh, some personal opinions here Mm -hmm. the adventures in candlekeep awesome adventures and the virtual weekends are running them for, for people i personally think that's kind of a mistake I'm sure they're fun. I'm sure they're a blast, and I'm and I'm I have all the faith in the world that the DMs that are running it have figured out how to condense those adventures down to a four-hour uh, time slot and are giving an awesome run. My thing with the adventures in Candlekeep, there's so much to them. You could you could almost create an entire campaign off of a single a single adventure, or at least a a, a nice multi-session story arc that could last mm-hmm. a couple months and i personally just would would rather save those well, adventures to yeah. do that and house of lament is also very much like that it is mm-hmm. an 8 to 12 hour adventure but with watsy's help and john and mitch and a few others from from baldman games they came up with uh how they can condense this adventure down Mm-hmm. Give you a four-hour, a solid four-hour adventure 
with a good beginning, a good middle, and a good ending. Mm-hmm. But you can still play it again and play the whole thing, and you're going to get a different experience out of it. You know, there's going to be things like, oh, yeah, I did this at the virtual weekend. Oh, I did this. Oh, what's this? Uh, this is totally new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's going to be some surprises in there. I don't know that you can do the same thing with some of those adventures in mm-hmm. Candlekeep. Mm-hmm. And I personally would well, just rather not attempt it. Because this, yeah. is, this is, you know, lightning struck on this one. I don't know if it's going to strike again. So Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, do you? What do you think about? Does the horror come through in this? Because we've, I think our 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 repulsion of the the standard version of Frost Maiden is mm. is legend at this point, right? It is very much so. Um, this so, this adventure was written correctly. It's mm-hmm. I don't if I remember if I remember right. There's not one joke written into the whole thing, hmm. as it should be because. Yeah. The players themselves will come up with their own jokes to, to lighten the mood. Yeah. So it's it's good, eight it's, to twelve hours, scary. Yeah, we could it leave scary. it at that just in case there's players or people that want to play in it, you mm-hmm. know, uh, on a weekend. But by and large, we're saying, what's your what's your letter grade for this adventure at this point? I'm gonna give it, like I said, having only ran the four hour version. Mm-hmm. And not being able to run the full, the full adventure, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm honest. I'm going to give it a solid A minus. Cool, because cool. It, it is a lot of fun, and it's it's why I picked this one to run again in the next virtual weekend coming up, as opposed yeah. to picking something different. Beautiful. Well, that's good. I'm happy with an A minus. I think that's great. Um. So awesome. So okay. So chapter four. So far. Firing on all cylinders. Yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about the other elements of Chapter Four. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Before we do, I yeah. want to give a uh, a statement first. Mm. I do like this book. I <laughs> like Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. I think it's a really good book. We kind of, you know, blasted it in Part One a little bit with some of the player bit. options and stuff. I myself, here in Chapter Four, I've loaded the shotgun with both barrels. And I'm, and I'm going to blast it again. But well, that's I why we're ending with Chapter book. 5, right? Because Chapter 5 ends on some high notes. It does. It does. So, And, and, and there's some other, more high notes, in my opinion, in Chapter 4, too. We're just going to de- get into some other stuff. Yeah, there it's are. a mixed bag, but that's not a bad thing, right? Because right. some of the stuff that we really like are going to be somebody else's uh, least favorite things and vice versa. So I'm not even sure what things you hate. So <laughs> yeah, we haven't you might about. hate the things that I love. Um, That's true. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, these first section, which are preparing for horror games and running horror games and after horror games. Yep. That's all kind of all lumped into. That's three headers, but it's really all lumped into one. This is almost a repeat, somewhat of the chapter one player character creation stuff. Yes. But somehow less interesting uh not only less interesting but i think a lot of the advice completely misses the mark and honestly makes no sense mm-hmm. as, as far as i'm concerned it, it like like there is a whole section at the beginning preparing for horror mm-hmm. i don't think it's really talking about horror 
No, it is I not. I think it's just reg and like, yeah. I, I think it's. You know what? I'm even gonna go so far as to say, I don't think that it's really talking about horror until maybe the end of of this whole section that we're talking about right now. Like most of it is just so you want to play. It's 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 uh it's um uh what's his name Steve Rogers pulling up his chair. So you want to play D and D? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Here's a way to do it, and it's just a. It's an instructional video on how to on how to really carefully make a game of D and D. The the reason why I have issues with this a lot of this stuff is it's not just about horror. It's about D and D or it's about role playing games in general. Yeah. So for me, like like understanding horror, it says you you, you don't want to scare your players. You want to scare the characters. And in the very first sentence of this whole chapter, where it says horror adventures, it reads, Your goal is to horrify your players in the most fun way possible. So the first sentence tells you you're trying to horrify your players. And then it tells you, don't scare your players. Scare your characters. Yeah, it says, uh, your goal is to horrify your players in the most fun way possible. And then... About three paragraphs down, your goal is to never make your players feel uncomfortable. Which I'm that misses into me. All D and D is horror. All D, all all D and D. Well, it's not played that way, but it is. If you think about it from from the perspective of the character themselves, I have to go in this dark, no light is anywhere cave system. Um, there's things down here. You're going to be scared. Yeah. There's there's all That's these fair. creatures that are coming after you that have all Undead, these abilities. Abominations. Yes. Aberrations. It's yeah. all it's every horror movie you've ever imagined. Not to mention you've got the horrors of war. Yeah. And 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 evil magic and all this other stuff. So it's all horror. It's just heroic horror. Well, and it's also like I I love to think about it as through the lens of a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and what type of horror movie? What type of movie are you telling, right? Because we can have all these elements that could be horror, but some but Lord of the Rings is not horror, right? It's no. it's epic fantasy, right? There's some um, tense moments, but there's it's some not tense horror. moments. There's even maybe some moments that skirt on horror, right? Mm-hmm. But but the but the whole thing is not horrific. It's not horror, um, and and. There are even within the genre of horror, there's a, a multitude of subgenres. We've talked about this before on other episodes, yep. right? So, like, but Van Richten's needs to be horror and its subgenres, but we need to fit it all under the umbrella of we're we are focusing on this one book on telling horror tales. Yeah, and not epic fantasy, not yeah. comedic, not whatever. You can have comedy if you want, but it needs to be within the realm of horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. You know. And my thing is, like you said, we have to look at this because this is entertainment. We play this game for yeah. entertainment. You go to a movie for entertainment, so it's yeah. it's basically for what we're talking about. It's the same thing. Yeah. You are a player. Or you are a moviegoer. Yeah. 
if you go to the if you go to a horror movie, what do you want? Yep. Yep. You want to be scared. Yep. You as a person not in the movie, you're not a character in the movie. You're not dealing with Jason, you're not dealing with the Blair Witch or, or whoever yeah. or whatever. You want to be scared. But yet this book is telling us yeah. do not scare the player. Make them pretend that their character is scared. Garbage. Yeah. It's it, it's imagining D D as something that it's not. At its yep. core, D D is entertainment. And really it's it's uh, I think you can go back and forth about Who's who's the priority of who's supposed to be inter- who's who's the top priority of being entertained? Right, we can have that discussion. Is the players or is it the DM? But in this aspect, right, in, specifically in the horror genre, things must happen to the players. Mm-hmm. Right, that's part of the horror atmosphere. Is that you are not the initiator of everything. Things come to you that you don't want to come to you. And that is a that is an entertainment aspect of you are on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. And so specifically with horror, players can help facilitate the mood, but um, at the end of the day, it's the DM's responsibility to to create that horror experience, and that's going to require that requires that player buy-in of being scared. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I I can't because it's it's for a play test thing. Um, it's mm-hmm. a, a that I'm that I'm helping with. It's not an official Wansi project, but I am currently reviewing a uh, upcoming product for someone, and the way that they communicate this is so much better than this. Even though they're trying to say the same things, right? They're trying to talk to you about how to create a good horror adventure. This is just stumbling all over itself to make sure that your players don't feel anything that they don't want to feel, and that's that's not part of. Yeah, you can't. To me, what what D and D is trying to do is they're trying to play it so safe with absolutely everything. It's almost like you know, if if they were in charge of indie car racing, all the cars you'd be on a slot track, and they yeah. would all go the same speed. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know that we need to get into a whole lot more as far as like the details of these sections, other than like I think you can pretty much just throw it all out the window. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Not everything. I mean, okay, so there's good things in here, but if you, if there's what you're coming things. for is to show up to say, I want to learn how to run a horror game, I don't think there's anything there's that you no, need to yeah, read in this. There's nothing in here that's going to help you at all. Because yeah. all it's going to tell you is, it's going to tell you how to run a a game that is written with horror elements in it, yeah. So as not to upset anybody. It's, and my thing is this: players also have a responsibility in these games. It yep. is not all on the DM. Yep. If I, as a DM, come to my group and say, "Hey, I want to run a horror game," mm-hmm. what do you guys think? And if and if anybody is like, "I'm not down with horror." I, I don't want to do that, then either the DM has to say, okay, then I won't run horror, or the player needs to say, maybe I better sit this one out. Yeah. Because if, if, you, if you come to the table and you sit down and you know, you like at a virtual weekend and you, and you see the ticket and it says, you know, Ravenloft, horror, blah, blah, blah. But then you hand me a list of things that upset you 
and they are your things to be upset about, and I'm not taking that away from you. But if you know it's horror, and everything on that list is anti-horror, why did you sit down at this table? Yeah, it's a horror game. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't change everything in the adventure because it's it, it it might be a trigger for you. You have to. It's it. Yeah. It is. It makes no sense to write some of this stuff the way they wrote it in here because you're taking well, the teeth out of everything. And I don't mind, like, okay, so there's a whole section on Session Zero. And I love that. I don't have a problem with a session on Session Zero where you talk about, hey, we're going to run a horror game. Is there anything that anybody does not want to touch? Right. I don't mind that if you're crafting a story. Again, I don't, like, there's nothing in there that I don't think is slated to horror. So hmm. what I would have rather had here, right, if I was going to write this thing is and i think that the thing that i'm reviewing right now does this really well is to communicate what types of horrific content are part of the adventure that you intend to run and to say there's an element of trust and there's an element of whatnot i'm the intention here is to run something that's going to get your heart racing and at times it's going to make you uncomfortable but the goal is that we as a group are going to work through it we're going to move through it and we're going to come out the end feeling like we experience something intense and emotional and engaging and immersive and we enjoyed the experience even as it made us cringe and our our gut mm-hmm. turn right right mm-hmm. um because i don't want you to feel uncomfortable in a bad way no like i want to leave this table i hate this i do want you to make i do want you to feel uncomfortable in the sense that i don't always like the things that are happening in this story. Um, I don't always like the actions of the villains. I don't always like their motivations. I don't always agree with them. I don't always see them as redemptive. I don't always like all of these things, right? I don't like what's happening to this NPC. I don't like that this person died. I don't like, you know, these are things that happen, right? Mm -hmm. I want, if, if I'm going to run a horror game, I want the players to experience everything they would experience going to an awesome horror movie if they like horror movies if they don't like horror movies don't play in a horror game and if you don't like a certain brand of horror movie right like exactly i have a friend i have a friend good friend that does not want any demons right okay good to know we can abide by that no problem those are helpful things. I think that's the part of session zero that I would have liked to have seen here is like, here's a list. What Here, this would have been really helpful, actually. Here's a bullet point list of 20 horrific, common elements to D&D horror that you might want to run by your party, right? Demons, cults, mind control, um, mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? And just say, if you have a hard out on any of these, we need to know in session zero. Right. Not that we're going to use all of them, but just so I know. That would yeah. have been really helpful here because I don't know that I would think about all of them as I, a I DM at the beginning. So that's something that I would like to see. And instead, I get here's how to do a session zero, which I already here, know. Here's how to do a very milk toast session yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if, if you're going to put one of these together on your own, I would recommend going through and picking out some very well known 
horror movies of different genres mm-hmm. of horror and make a list and say, are there any of those, are there anything on, is there anything on here that you would refuse to watch? Yeah. Just because, you know, and put like a little descriptor yep. for each movie. And if there's any, you know, I hate, you know, not me personally, but you know, I hate the movie Saw. I, I don't, I don't want to be involved in anything mm-hmm. that's, that, that's Saw-like. Yeah. Okay, well then, I'm not having a bunch of gory traps and, and things like that. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want body mutilation. I don't want yeah. what like these are these are the things that are helpful, which we're going to get to next episode or yep. a coming episode, right? There's yes. some actually good stuff in here which we'll talk about later. So there's 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 a this is a book of contradictions <laughs> or very at much, least very much so. Halfway contradictions. So there's some good stuff in in other sections um, that we'll, well get to. And there, to me, there's some good stuff in this section as well under horror pacing. And it's not just for horror. Well, yes, that's we, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's not not just for this is for this is a lot of this information should not be in this book. It should be in the general DM, DMG. And probably it is. Um, it just they could reprinted. Be, it. I haven't got to that part yet. I don't know. <laughs> but it gives you some really cool ways that you can convey things. The undermining reality, idle uneasiness. And and this is perfect for for DMs. Occasionally, slow your adventure's pace to draw out the tension you've established. Linger on describing sensory details. Yeah, end on and, cliffhangers. That's important. And end on cliffhangers when it's when you have a combat. Talk fast. Talk quick. Short sentence. Very staccato. What are you doing? Hurry up! You gotta go. You don't have time to to, to do this. Blah blah blah. You know. And then when it's not, or when the when it becomes the monster's turn. Everything slows down. Describe everything in detail. How it moves. Just the, the the flash of imagery that you see as it as it darts across the hallway. Slow it down. Draw it out, and then make the attack. And describe the attack and what it does. And then when the the monster is done and it goes to the next character, all right, uh, you just saw that. What do you do? And and you go right back to that. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Just to to throw to throw those players off. And to keep them like, you don't want them to be just kicked back, you know, eating a Twizzler and and thumbing through their phone while this is going on. You want them involved. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff in this part, even the describing horror, should be just in general. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So there's some very, very, very good things. And that's why I say I love this book. Even the Even the parts that I say are bad. That I don't like that I disagree with, they will at least make you think and come to your own conclusions. So it's not it's not a waste to to see this part. You know, it's like why yeah. are they telling me to scare my players and telling me not to scare my players? Mm. Yeah, I love that Gurk is uh, Gurk is saying that he finds it hilarious that you still haven't finished the DMG. Listen, Troy is further along than I am, probably. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I I'm a busy I, guy. Here's the problem with the DMG, right? It's too scattered and doesn't do its job well. It's a it's a cyclopedia, mm-hmm. which is nice as a reference document, but what it is not is a document that you're supposed to read all the way through. It's like saying, well, if 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 you're going to take an English class, you should read a whole volume of encyclopedias. It's like, I why right like like when I need that information, I'll go there and look for it. But it's 
it's eighty thousand topics. <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, Kirk. Yeah, I have, I have, I have more time. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's just, it, it's a, it's a resource doc. It's not a read through doc and, and, and I'll never, dry. probably never read it. It's, <laughs> it's dry. so dry. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's great stuff in there. You just need to think about referencing it when you're doing those things. Are yeah. you having your party go through the wilderness? Go run to the DMG and read the wilderness section, right? Like that's the way to use the DMG. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Moving on. There's a weird half-hearted talk about the Taroka deck and spirit board. Uh-huh. This is a missed opportunity, especially with the Taroka deck. They needed to communicate how to use it in your game, not just talk about it. Like, you need to give us an example. You need to walk us through if an NPC has a deck, what does that look like when they use it? How do, What cards do they lay out? How many cards do they lay out? How do they communicate those things? This is just a description of the deck, which is boring. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. So move along same with the spirit board it's a little bit better but it doesn't describe even what a board is it's like ah there's a picture of one in the back you can go have a look at it but it doesn't talk about how it's used and a lot of people will know okay you use the planchette and you move it around and but some people won't so why are you having if if this section isn't for the person who knows nothing then we don't need it right and if it is for the person who knows nothing, then we need a lot more than this about how to use it. Yeah, or at, what least, it or at least tell me where to go to find the information. At least tell me, you know, in the in the Taroka deck sold by yeah. what, Gale Force 9, it has, you know, instructions on how to use it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, and it says, like, further details in a complete Taroka deck appear in the Adventure Curse of Strahd. Cool. That's not helpful here. Well, I don't have that book. Now I have to go okay. buy another book. Yep, and and this is a deck. Like we should just, you, you should have given us the rules on, or at least some guidelines on how to present the deck. Anyhow, this is just a small section. It's not a big deal, but it's like this is just wasted words. Why? I don't understand. Um, now we get to the real, like, in a book that's a grab bag, in a chapter that's a grab bag. Now we have a section that's a grab bag mm-hmm. uh, called the Horror Toolkit which I would argue is supposed to be this whole book. And in here we have curses, fear and stress, haunted traps, and survivors. Yes. Curses. Let's talk about that for half a moment. I think they did a good job. I think they did too. I like this because this has been one of my complaints about D&D for a long time. Yeah. What is the point of having a curse? Exactly. And they basically say if it's a general curse, it can be cured with a general spell. But specific needs specific. And that's mm-hmm. a great way of communicating that. And then they say, but if you have remove curse as a spell and you want to do it on the specific curse, you can do it, but it only has an effect of one hour. And yeah, if like you that. do a greater restoration, it has until you finish a long rest. I think those are great answers. Yes. Um, this is also the section where we would have madness if they hadn't decided that madness was a bad thing it would fit right in here and in fact right underneath curses is fear which is basically just half of the madness tables reworded as fear tables so which um, i mean i understand i understand their point behind it i don't i particularly don't like the madness tables either because that's not to me that's not what it is it's the there there's an effect it's like you know your mind has has broken for a little bit. I don't know that I would call that madness. It's just, you know, your, your mind has been injured. It's overwhelmed by in 
incomprehensible evil. Yeah, and and madness is maybe a simplified word. It, yeah, it's a, it's a very archaic and some would say very derogatory. But but you know what? Term. But you know what? Like it's a it's a simple word that conveys uh, an idea, and also I will argue that when I'll be careful here, Watsy just said this last year that they were going to stand behind madness as an idea for the DM's guild. Okay. So it's just sad to see them backing off their stance again. I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm still going to use madness tables because I think that madness tables are useful and whether or not it's a true madness or not, I'll agree with you that that's an, but I like those tables and it's helpful for when you meet that indescribable horror and you need something to show that you're, characters aren't in control of themselves for a bit right like Mm -hmm. that's a handy table to have so this fear table is going to work just fine for some of that now um but i don't yeah it's fine but i do i do dig the curses the idea behind the curses yeah sample curses are helpful i like how they're broken down the pronouncement the burden the resolution yep yep exactly i think that those are cool I think if you use the fear table as a seed of fear, I think that's a weird thing. It's basically a phobia table mm-hmm. um, that you pick or you roll on for your characters. I think that that should be chosen. I don't think you would roll on it. Like, um, I think that your phobias should come from something in your background, and I think that that should, especially for this sort of an adventure... I think that that comes from that needs to come from you and you mm-hmm. thinking about what can I because like some of these are like storms and extreme weather rattle me like maybe but let's may this may be a good thing to get some inspiration from but I wouldn't roll on it right right um, I would never roll on this table yeah I mean they're very good as role playing tools and for me in a, in my home campaign what I would do and actually what I'm considering doing anyway is if you, if you have something about your character that you play into, and I think I talked about it last yeah. time, you know, if, if you decide, you know, your, your, your seed is arachnophobia. I personally don't mind spiders. I mean, I don't like them, but I don't dislike them, you know? Yeah. But if I say my character has arachnophobia to an unreasonable level, mm-hmm. Then when you know spiders come about, if I role play that, and I give myself the frightened condition or, or or whatever, and I act that out as I'm in my combat, yeah, then I should get inspiration for that. Yeah, I agree. Fear as a in general, it's just the frightened condition. We can move through that. I don't think that there's anything new and exciting there. Yeah. Um, stress is a good mechanic. Uh, basically, you have a stress score. As it increases, um, you start to subtract your stress score from any attack roll ability check or saving throw. I think that's a good mechanic. I, uh, it's simple. It is simple, but I find it odd that they're doing this because that was something that they, you know, in the beginning of Fifth Edition, they tried to get away from all of the the plus ones, minus twos, and things like that of Third Edition and Pathfinder. I hear you. And but, now they're starting to pull that in. Yeah, you got to when you're 
You do. You do. D&D is not a horror game as much as we just talked about at the beginning that it's always a horror game. It's not a horror game. Yeah. So you're tacking on a new mechanic. It's going to mess with your... Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. So stress, cool. I don't really have a problem with it. It does add a little bit of noodliness, but that's probably something that you're going to enjoy in your game. Uh, mm-hmm. If you, you need it in your game, if you're going to run a horror game. Right. Um, Haunted Traps. This is come out from left field. I... Okay, maybe this is something that we're going di- to di- um, disagree on, but I don't give a rat's ass about this. <laughs> don't hold back, Zach. Tell us how you really feel about it. Well, traps are stupid in 5e. And the fact that you only give us four sample traps is you saying, this isn't really a good idea, and we don't really know how to use it, but we thought we managed to scrape together four examples for you. Like it's just a, it just is tacked on and silly. Like it, it is different. Um, I will say I used one of these in one of my runnings of house of lament. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I enjoyed watching my, my players kind of, and it's it's things like some of these, if used correctly, you're scaring your players because they don't know what's going on with their character. And maybe it's just the statement of it saying it's a trap. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I don't. I, I don't really. I don't really like the idea that it's a trap. It's 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 some kind of a an effect, or I I don't know what you would call it. But haunted moments, or haunted yeah. moments, or incidents, or encounters, or whatever. Right? Like. Ooh, yeah. It's not a trap, I don't think. It's almost like, it's almost like it's a it's a uh, a locational curse. Yeah, you're 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 experiencing this curse because of of the that's area. That's a great that way of in. looking at it. That's a great statement because it would fit much better in this section if it was called that too, right? And mm-hmm. I think it would. That's a great, perfect. Yep, just call these. Uh, I buy into these if these are locational curses or aura curses or ooh. Yeah. Look, yeah. Anything like that, like, cool, or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if 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 used correctly, you know, get rid of the whole. You know, you don't get rid of it, but the whole disarming of the haunted trap. It's like, no, you, you have to, you have to deal with it. You know, it's a cursed spot. Something happens, it affects you. Remove curse would be cool. Something like that. Like, I could see some stuff like that. Um, sanctifying the ground, you know. That's cool. Yeah, Halloween. Like yeah, yeah. Like, I could see some cool stuff there, but yeah, yeah. I I see the benefit of the idea, just not how it's presented here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's something that I really like. Now you tell me what you think. Survivors. I like it. Good. Great. I am currently in the middle of running in uh, for Adventures League, the Oracle of War adventure. Century of Ashes. In mm-hmm. the beginning of that adventure is a flashback scene yep. that you, it doesn't use these things here, but something very, very, very similar. So I'm wondering if that was almost a play test of this concept or if this concept grew from that adventure. Yeah, it's it, so, so for our listeners, survivors are basically sidekicks. They're not even sidekicks. They're basically NPC stat blocks. 
Yes, they're Which absolutely you NPC stat blocks. Yeah, but they can be leveled up. So that's they that's can why I'm giving up. a little bit of that. They and basically they just get more hit points, and you get a cool, pick up cool quote unquote talent, which is really a feat, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very much a feat. But I like these. Like you can be a apprentice, you can be a sneak, you can be a disciple, or you can be a squire. And the idea is that you play this in like a little one shot. Different level. Uh, Joe is asking, um, how are these different than a side? kick they're pitched a little bit different they have a little bit different flavor um and their leveling system is a little bit different um yeah, they it, don't it, have leveling tables right? yeah it is it is legitimately just a as presented it is it is an npc stat block just like you would see in the monster manual it's got the armor class your hit points speed your stats save skills all that stuff your actions if, if you've got spells done it it is just a stat block, but then yeah, if you want, if you somehow level up one of these things, you can pick a little. I wouldn't even call it a feat; it's more like a it's a half feat, maybe. It's a mm-hmm. it's a partial ability of some sort. Yeah, I, I, I so sidekicks have more skills typically, yeah. um, and you they have some customization even in the very beginning. Like you can pick a language, you can blah blah blah. Like these are ready-made and way simpler mm-hmm. uh, in, in certain aspects. Like, So I'm looking at the expert sidekick. It says languages, common plus one of your choice. Tools, the expert has these tools and a musical instrument. Here with uh, the sidekick, it says languages, any one language, basically the same. No tools or anything like that. It's just simpler. It's just simple. Um, it's, it's easy to jump in and just roll with. The only thing I don't particularly like about these the only thing i the only complaint i have is why why did you give me the size the size yeah it's yeah. like just it's not a just, big deal but just say, yeah it's, it, it's not a big deal at all but why say an apprentice it's because of the dice it's because of the dice and the movement like it's just yeah it to they, me but it was like the sneak has to be a small humanoid yeah why because it has to be a halfling um yeah pretty much these also only go up to level three um, sidekicks go up to level six. Sidekicks have features that they get with every level. Uh, these you pick a talent from a list, yep. uh, but very similar, absolutely very similar. Um, I like them. Um, I also like how they pitch them. Like, hey, you can use them to show cutscenes for your regular party, or if your party character has a dream or a memory, that you could play out that dream or memory with different characters, like. Or maybe they're the people that came into the haunted house before your party, and you mm-hmm. get to see like there's some cool stuff that you can do. I absolutely like this. Um, I honestly think this is probably a way that D and D is going to go in the future, or at least I think that we're going to get not a side thing, but like an earnest product that focuses on these customization light character progression systems, like where we say. Maybe it's not going to be a player's handbook too. I don't think that's what it's going to be called. But like, I think maybe we'll get an adventure, or we'll get something. Maybe a player's handbook updated, revised, and it's going to have an alternative character creation method, which is just pick one of these pre-made things, and you here's what you get at every level. There's no choices. There's no decisions. You don't pick your skills. You don't pick feats. You don't. It's just grab and go, and it's super streamlined you don't pick any spells it's all right there 
Well, yeah, I've already, I've already got I, an idea on how I would u- use the survivor blocks mm-hmm. to start a campaign as like, because this, this kind of like, you know, filters into our discussions that we're going to be featuring the different classes mm-hmm. here coming up. We've yep. already, we've already done couple. cleric mm-hmm. and ranger and ranger, but it, it kind of gives you the zero level. Mm-hmm. A, a yeah. place to start for somebody to just, I'm not sure how I want to go and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, okay. So here we go. Here's where we're going to start with. And I would, I would make it even a little bit more crunchy and well, not, I should not rules crunchy, but you know, danger crunchy. Yeah. And say, well, you know what? You're stuck with these hit points for your three levels of survivor. Yeah. You just get the talent. You just get the talent. Unless the talent that you pick is a bump in hit points. Yeah. Um, so survivors are cool. We like that. We're uh, I do. we're uh, we're doing pretty good on time, but, but we've got a we've got a whole chapter left, and I think we should go ahead and slip into that. I think um, so. Uh, chapter five, chapter five, chapter five is our last chapter because um, we're not going in order. It's the monster chapter. Yes. I'm going to start out by saying I think that this monster manual is. Probably like sixty percent awesome. Yeah, why only sixty? Maybe a bit more, um, because I'm getting more and more to the feeling that I some of these feel like some of these feel like they're intentionally uh, what's the word oblique, like super situational and not interesting outside of that situation. Okay, I will. I will agree with that, but I I will also say that that makes total sense for Ravenloft. And that's probably true. That's probably true. I and maybe that's that. So because you don't because Ravenloft is 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 a unique creature in and of itself, where you're playing through things like mm-hmm. the Curse of Dracula, or yeah. the Mummy's Tomb, or Doctor mm-hmm. Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You don't have a bunch of people running around as you do mm-hmm. in regular D&D that are vampires yeah. in Ravenloft. You have Strahd, and then you have the minions. Yeah. So this kind of, yeah, I, I totally I totally see that. There's some, there's some cool stuff in here. Like, like, like as a whole, it's great. Um, there's just some things, like there's these priests of Ozibus. Ozibus. Um, Ozibus. I think they've got some cool stuff in their stat block. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's super situational. Like they, like you're gonna have to really think hard outside of the domain that they are tied to. Oh yeah. Of finding a utility for them, and I think that that always hurts a product like this that is kind of a shotgun approach to begin with, right? Like we're gonna give you 50 domains of dread. Here's a creature that belongs in one of them. That's a hard. Okay, well, in the way they start this chapter off, um, where where you know it says horror monsters, mm-hmm. it's got a few things in here that address exactly what you're talking about: monstrous origins, notorious monsters, describing monsters, monstrous tactics, and monstrous mm-hmm. traits. Is mm-hmm. talking about, hey, you want to use this monster, but this little part here doesn't fit. Fine, chuck it. Oh, but this monster over here has a trait. No, nothing yeah. else works, so put it in here. So you've yeah. just, you know, in this chapter, 
they've basically given you permission to fix the problem, fix the issue that you're seeing. I agree. I I would. I'm being picky. Yeah, well, right? yeah. This yeah. is me. This is me saying instead of saying priest of Asibus, I just want a, a a new variation on priest that's generic, and then in the domain section, talk about how you can make them uniquely priest of Asibus. I see. Yeah, um, because you're asking me unless I'm very specific in what I'm going to be doing to to de-specify this to make it work for 99% of the games that we're going to be running. Start simple, allow that specificity to come out when we want it to in different ways. But I'm done talking about negative on this because I really like a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, I do too. One of my favorite things about this part Mm -hmm. is how they tackle old movie monsters. The very first one, the body taker plant. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. it is unabashedly invasion of the body statue snatchers. Yeah. Not the best name, but but it conveys what it's trying to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and it you know, it even turns things into podlings. Yep. Yep. As yep. opposed to pod people. Nosferatu, I thought, oh, what a great addition. And the and the picture looks just like what's his uh, Max whatever. From the yeah. movie Nosferatu, yeah, as, yeah. As, yeah. It, that's a great character. Um, the uh, Strigoi, Strigoi, that, yeah, Strigoi, I think are great. Um, they're kind of a classic character, a classic creature. Vampiric Mind Flayer. I feel like we had that at some point, but I don't know. Maybe we didn't. Um, I don't remember that. It's a great anywhere else. Um, it's a great choice. Oh, you know what it was? It was in Frost Maiden. It was the little squidlings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so now I just get the bigger version. Were Ravens, I'm 99% sure we had before, but those are great. We have new types of zombies, which are awesome. The zombie clot, which is kind of this, like, amalgamation of bodies. Yes. That's great. It's great. Don't, don't um, say any more about that, because that, that would be awesome to just dump on somebody. Yeah, carionette. I think any sort of like weird, gross constructs, yeah. dolls and things are yeah always I, wonderful. They have some really, really cool monsters in here. They've got they've got the headless horseman. Yep, yep. Uh, I ran. I tried to run for Joe. So since he's in here and and Ulysses because he's he's not in here, uh, but he'll be listening later. Um, I tried to run a gallows speaker for them. Uh, last week. Oh yeah, because um, it's kind of a, um, a new type of spectral mm-hmm. undead, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really cool. Um, but they navigated around it and uh, did not get to see the cool, cool creature, which is fine. I'm happy. Uh, but that's a cool one. The boneless. That's it's disgusting. Disgusting. It's <laughs> gross. Yeah. <sighs> so. Um, it's cool. Right? I I, like, I dig cool I dig stuff. the monsters. There's not a lot of them. There's probably like thirty. But, wouldn't you say thirty? But there's, 40. A, there's a yeah. We count, I suppose. Yeah, I like them. I think they're awesome. Um, I, even the ones that I don't really care for the flavor, I think the mechanics are good. Mm-hmm. And you said you were going to talk about that. Maybe maybe we've already covered it. But uh, well, one thing that they've done, which I I think is a little bit overkill, they got rid mm-hmm. of all the alignments. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's just easy, right? At this point, let's just yeah. 
it's the easy road instead of deciding, well, this one's going to have alignment, this one's not. Yeah, I mean, but to me, anything that's a humanoid that could possibly be played by a a player should not have a forced alignment. But you know, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But I thought it was kind of odd that they just took alignments away completely. Where was the monster that I was thinking of? But it, it's going back to what we were talking about earlier, like the stress. Uh, some of these creatures have an effect where they roll a die and you're taking that much off of dice rolls. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like, you know, you're adding... The, the, the more they go, they're mm-hmm. adding more and more noodliness... And it kind of goes into what we kind of complained about with some of the character options. You know, if if this is coming up in combat, now the combat round, you're you're extending that combat round or that turn for that one player mm-hmm. that, you know, possibly unnecessarily and to the detriment of everybody else. You're, 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 if you're going to keep doing this kind of stuff, it's yeah. going to end up to be, you know, you know, like a summoner with you know twelve individual creatures on the board plus plus themselves having a turn that takes five minutes. So here's one. Okay, here's one that's the perfect example. Uh, I won't name the char- the creature just so we kind of remove that bit of spoiler. But the idea is it's it's a knife attack, and here's 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 the wording on it. On a hit, it deals six slashing damage plus twenty one necrotic. If the target is a creature, it suffers a lingering wound that causes it to take 7 necrotic damage at the start of each of its turns. Each time the slasher hits the wounded target with this attack, the damage dealt with by the wound increases by 3. The wound ends if the target regains hit points or if a creature uses an action to staunch the wound, which requires a successful DC 15 wisdom medicine check. Poo boy, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it takes initial damage, which is fine. And then it takes an additional seven damage at the start of each of its turns without a save, except if it gets hit again, which you have to add three for every time it's hit again, and there's no maximum. So, and it makes two of these attacks around. So four rounds later, you're like, did it take six hits? Oh, it took six hits. So what is that? That's what is it? Six times three? That's eighteen. Well, but the first one gets seven, so you need to add four more, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's increasing every round, and there's no like it's just a lot. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, right? I'm not. Yeah, it's just it's a it's lot. A sl- it's a slippery slope. If you're gonna yeah. to start, down I this, kind of this like road. the slippery slope in some ways. I'm always gonna lean a little bit towards noodly, um, but but this is case in point, like exhaust like that's that's a 12 line stat block for a knife Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we're getting to the point of being noodly again and that's you're every time the player comes around they're having to add to that every time the slasher hits he's like oh did i hit you last time or did i hit this person oh i hit that person oh so this is the first time i hit you so this is seven points of damage for this time it's going to be a lot right um no i do like that some they're they're starting to put you know if if they're thinking that oh this spell is something that's going that the creature is going to use a lot of mm-hmm. they put it in the stat block it's perfect it's yeah, perfect it's like, that's what they should have been doing a long time ago um, another thing I'll give a shout out another thing that they should be doing um, 
my friend uh, Alan Tucker does this. Um, he puts the damage for every cantrip in the cantrip list. So where you have cantrips at will, and it says poison spray, but their cleric level is nine. How much damage does a poison spray cantrip do at level nine? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Not off, not right offhand, no. No. It's D12 something, right? Like 2D12, maybe 3D12. I don't know. He just puts it in the parentheses right there in that bit, and it's so helpful. Um, brilliant. They should. Everybody should start doing that because uh, I should be able to know what is going on by just looking. Yeah, at I j- don't don't make me flip flop all through the different books and stuff to figure something out. Joe, what what do you what do you say in there? Dope. Yeah, it's one less <laughs> thing was, to look up. That's when I was telling him that uh, he bypassed an encounter. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, one, it's one less thing to look up. You, you just keep rolling with the yeah. combat. It makes the DM look better. The combat flows better, and everybody has a lot more fun. There's also like some weird stuff in some of these stat blocks that I think, why are oh. we still doing this? Like, There's a star spawn emissary that says languages all, which is nice. Telepathy, 1,000 feet. Why are we even saying 1,000 feet? <laughs> so there's, there, there's some, like, it's interesting that we're abandoning alignments, but we're clinging still so tightly to specific things that are not helpful also i mean we could have a whole top topic on this but why do i need to know that this star spawn emissary has a strength score of 24 i just need to know the modifier the only reason that we put strength scores in there is tradition and it's dumb mm-hmm. um so you're never going to level up a star spawn and if you you're never going to have to decide well where am i putting my two points <laughs> for yeah. for my fourth level fighter star spawn right like just give us the modifiers. It's there's a weird way in like in that they're clinging to tradition in some places and then abandoning it in others. And yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see why. Yeah. Well. I, yep. Yeah. So. Anyhow, I don't know. The, uh, is there anything that we're missing that we should have covered in this monster section? I know we we only talked for about ten minutes, but I don't think so. I mean, it's there's some solid monsters in here. I I like them. Yeah. It's. You know, it's probably the one part of the book that you just, you know, you're, you're going to come across monsters that, you know, maybe the flavor of it is, eh, whatever. Yeah. But it's it, they're monsters. Who, yeah. What DM doesn't love monsters? Yep, exactly. Um, the other thing that I like, just to kind of end this off, I think like 20, almost 30 of the 33 monsters that are in this book are CR10 or below. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have two that are in tier four. Um, two that are in tier three, two that are in tier four. The rest are a tier two or below. That's perfect. Super helpful. As it should be. Yep. Um, so I think you'll get a lot of use out of this. Um, if you haven't picked up by now, I think that this is this book is a good buy. It, it, uh, it, it is. It totally is. I even the things that I don't like about it. It's it's not that you know the character options were were absolutely horrible, mm-hmm. but it made me think. It's like how would I do it different to make them yeah. in my mind better? I just want to call out. We have to a, a little piece of art for the uh, 
for the monsters. The monsters of Ravenloft. The first picture you see is this awesome action all picture. The yeah. Yes, with all of these creepy little carionettes attacking these two investigators. I'm I'm one of those people that I think it's kind of cool that uh, the idea of a combat wheelchair in in most cases is kind of fun. It's it's interesting. It's mm. where else would that fit better than Ravenloft? I don't know because mm. I, mm. I just think that in that pic, in this picture you've got he's sitting in there he's firing off some kind of a I'm I assuming like. it's a regular pistol it could be a weird magic looking wand, magic yeah. missile wand I don't know but yeah then you've got uh, his partner looks like he's using a sword cane he's got the mm. the sheath in one hand and <laughs> the blade in the other and it's just it's a cool piece it is an awesome piece and it, it really it says Ravenloft to me. So awesome. Well, that's the end of our talk on chapter four and chapter five. Next time we're going to finish up. And I say next time we may not do these one, two, three. There may be something in between who knows. Um, but we're going to finish with chapter two and chapter three. I think we're going to end on a high note. I know you and I and John all love chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, so chapter two is going to be awesome. And then chapter three is all the domains and we're only going to talk about the ones that we like. So <laughs> it's yeah. going to be great. Um, so we, we're through the rough patch and now smooth sailing for the rest of this book, I think. So yep, yep, yep. if anything, I think we're going to be saying, I wish we got more information because this domain was cool. Right. Yes. You know, on, honestly, they could have left a lot of the information that we've complained about out of the book. To make to make up more room for the the domains, yeah, they could have gave it, gave me a couple extra paragraphs on the uh, the Sear thirteen thirteen. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think we know somebody who might be doing that at a later oh, date. But so. I think it's a little bit different than what you might be thinking. All right. Well, keep an eye on our news segment because we'll probably talk about it soon. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to call that good then. Uh, mission accomplished. Um, thank you to our dear listeners for hanging out. If you enjoyed uh, this discussion, um, if you had a favorite monster or something that we neglected to mention, or if you uh, felt very strongly about something that we talked about and uh, you want to chat with us about it, you are welcome to hop on over to our Facebook page and send us a message. You can find us at uh, Bite Size Gaming uh, on Facebook. Um, I, I think there's somebody trying to get back at us through the mists. John is in chat. He's trying to make it through. But the but the Dark Lords won't let him. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, that's good, because uh, he has a little emergency, and I'm glad to hear <laughs> Yeah, that hope, hope everything's okay, John. Through. We yeah. we missed you, buddy. Yep. Uh, he's a good uh, <laughs> ghost. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and you would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for us. Well, yeah, not meddling. Meddling. Punks. Old dudes. Punks. Yeah. <laughs> Punks. Um, so, yes, uh, if, if, if you want to talk to us, hit us up on Facebook. Um, John and Troy are going to be running some uh, 
Adventures at D&D Weekend next week, or this coming weekend, since this you're listening weekend, to the yeah. podcast. Um, so you could head on over and see if they've got any tickets left. At this point, I think that Troy maybe has a few lingering, so you might be able to slide in. Um, do I? recommend that you do. I don't know. Um, no, I bought no. your last yeah. ticket. No, I, John I have, might, though. I have none. Um, so John is doing John is doing House of Lament, the eight-hour version. Ooh. Yes. So... Um, yeah. Don't get a ticket to that if you wanna if you wanna hold. I I held out. I did the I did. The, I'm doing the four hour version again. Yeah. He he's jumping in a little bit deeper and doing the eight, which. Yeah. I yeah that it sounds like oh. a lot of fun. I've got something. All right, we're gonna close with this. We probably talked about it at the beginning, but I'm gonna remind everyone right now. Yesterday, as of as of the new section, so <laughs> Monday of this week, uh, a product launched on Kickstarter, um, that is ours, right? Uh, Bite Size Gaming put out uh, Den of Assassins this Monday. You should go get it. It is the bloody, gory, killing side of horror um, with some comedy and action and other great things <laughs> thrown in there. Um, it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun writing it. A lot of great writers uh, threw in their hats, and uh, we've got a really great product. You should go check out Den of Assassins on Kickstarter. So this kind of goes back into the whole you know, weird, timey, wimey stuff that we were dealing with at the beginning. Because oh. so, you're 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 talking about the product that it, that launched on Monday, but we're recording this on Sunday, and this doesn't actually come out until like Wednesday. But we're also probably so going to talk about it in our new section on Tuesday. True, but that's what I'm saying. It's just all... It's like this. It's yeah, like just, psychedelic, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well... Uh, it's Hoovian. <laughs> Hoovian. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was the worst plug ever. That but was I promise so- that the product <laughs> is great. Uh, the product should speak for itself, not me. Um, so I just need to get you there. Walk on over to Kickstarter. Check out Den of Assassins. You won't regret it. Um, Troy, thanks for hanging out. Oh, yeah. Till next week. We'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. And be safe. <laughs>